Welcome to the Community HealthCast, sponsored by the Queen's Community Health Board. My name is Barbara Ross, and I am a member and your host. Just to give you a wee hint of today's topic, my car is broken down and I need to find out if there's a bus service in my area. Or, I've just moved to Queen's County and I wonder if there's any newcomer services. Or, I'm living in an abusive situation and I need to find shelter for me and my children. Have you guessed yet? I'm here with our coordinator, Elizabeth Bailey, and our very special guest, Angie Zink, Director of Communications and Outreach 211. Angie brings a wealth of public sector experience to 211, having worked as a strategic communications professional in senior positions at the local, provincial, and national levels in the area of media relations, crisis communications, and strategic direction. Originally from Nova Scotia's South Shore, Angie's broad volunteer experience includes multi-year support of the International Film Festival, Health Foundation fundraising, volunteer work at the United Way of Lunenberg County and United Way Halifax, as well as leading special events dedicated to the support and empowerment of girls. So welcome, Angie. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you got involved with 211? Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me. I uh, I joined 211 just in January of 2020, the end of January. You know, quickly the world was turned upside down just after I joined. But I had joined 211 after a, a lengthy career in politics and, uh, and was looking for uh, change professionally and personally for me. And so I've joined the 211 team and it's been really great. I mean, even in the face of the pandemic and communicating with Nova Scotians in need and challenges in a pandemic, it certainly for me, it's been a, a great joy and, and quite rewarding. Like I said, it's been a, a quick <laughs> getting my feet wet, you know, sort of all the way up to my hips, but and quickly, but it's been great. Can you tell us what is 211 and who can access it? Anyone can access it. 211 is a province-wide connection to services, programs that are offered by not-for-profits, offered by government, offered by community service providers. And you access that help, those services, those resources. Uh, you access that simply by calling 211 or texting 211 or visiting and searching our website. We also have a, a database online that boasts thousands and thousands of programs and resources that for those who can search online and can search themselves, are welcome and encouraged to do so. So next question, how do you get your information for 211? Well, we have a data team that work really hard and have been sort of working overtime in the face of COVID. We access that information of what's happening across the province, what are the service providers, what are the government programs, and we populate that database. So Part of what I did in the early days, not just around COVID, but part of what I did was reach out via social media to service providers, just encouraging them to take a look at their, what we call a record, take a look at their record, make sure it is up to date and update it if need be. Let us know how we can uh, make sure that we are telling Nova Scotians, you know, reflecting the most up to date help that is available. It's a massive undertaking. You know, it's certainly it's not my bailiwick, but the data team, you know, all props to them who, who keep that engine part of it really rolling. So I mentioned a few situations in my introduction. Can you give us a few more examples of what information I might be able to find if I was to call or to go onto the website? 
experience there's really two streams that people come to 211. Number one, they specifically know their problem, you know, or the, the issue, the challenge that they're facing. So they may call and say, I have a senior parent who is experiencing loneliness. You know, that is a very specific, they're able to articulate, they're able to really chat with a navigator about the service they need. Uh, and then there are others who the best call they made was to 211 just to say that they were struggling, they were on the edge, and that they needed help. Uh, you know, for those types of calls, the navigators really work with the caller through through the journey of their challenge. You know, so it can really be, any of these social or family or individual problems sort of outside that real 811 health questions you know we don't provide that type of information in terms of what the you know what the telehealth nurses provide it's really how do we connect people in crisis in challenging times how do we connect them with the help that they need there is so much good work being done and for us 211 part of our responsibility, I think, to Nova Scotians is how do we take those communication needs off the shoulders of our service providers so they don't have to spend a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of resources trying to get people. If you just can remember how to get to 2 on one we'll certainly help people how to get to get to that help. The questions and the needs vary. Um, they're very individual, but particularly in these times, food security, hunger remains really uh, top of mind, top challenges for Nova Scotians. And the other thing is transportation, access to transportation, particularly in our rural communities. That changes for depending on what community that you're in. Sometimes it's just about how do I transportation to live my daily life, but then other times it's like how do I get to a doctor's appointment? I have a special appointment in the city. How do I get there? So sometimes again, those needs are very specific and particularly around when you're talking about, you know, food security, transportation, mental health, those types of things. So you mentioned a couple of fairly sensitive questions and as did I around partner abuse. What is the sort of mandate for 911 with regards to confidentiality? So the caller's uh, confidentiality, keeping their information and their challenges and their struggles confidential is of the utmost importance. It really builds a sense of trust. We want to make sure that when people call, they know that they can talk very openly about their struggles. How do we take away shame and embarrassment that some people may feel? And I think we do that by building a very trusted relationship. So trusting that their information is confidential. We do report on... And this information is is public and we work with other service providers with non-identifying information. So how many people are calling about food support in Queens County, for instance? How many people would be calling about housing support in Queens County or in the Tri-County, you know? So that non-identifying information uh, is really key. But people's real stories, the real struggles and challenges that Nova Scotians are facing, those are kept in confidence. And we just make sure that when we're dealing with Nova Scotians and dealing with callers, that we're doing that in a very compassionate way. The more somebody trusts uh, the navigators and trusts to tell them the entirety of their challenge, the better we can help them. That's great. So what happens, Angie, if English isn't my first language? If I'm a newcomer to Nova Scotia, I've come, let's say, from the Punjab, and I'm going to be starting work here. But as I say, English is not my first language. So we do have translation services in 150 languages. 
Yeah, so it is recognizing that Nova Scotia does have a vibrant immigrant and refugee community. And so how do we best serve those newcomers? And we do that by when they call, they would, you know, they would have to make that first 211 call. But when they call, then making sure that we can connect them to a translator, to translation services that they can access that help in their own language. We do have the Bell Relay service as well. And so we can work with uh, the deaf community as well. Throughout the COVID-19 crisis, how are they managing to maintain their service? 211 is is really designed to work in a crisis to work in challenging times. You know, there is a extensive network that all of our CRNs can log into. So it's really like they are seeing wherever they are and some of them are working from home as everybody. They are really able to access all of that information and to share that with callers. So it's a state of the art system, a very smart system that allows them to work remotely. We have been working remotely for some time now. We have been working remotely since about the second week in March. Everyone moved the operation to their home. That allowed us in the early days of the pandemic to sort of work out any kinks to make sure that by the time we were in sort of full swing and in in lockdown that, you know, our full operation was working. In those early days, one of the things that was really important, uh, and you asked me this before about data, but one of the things that was really important was reaching out to the service providers, to the helping community to find out what was operational, what was still happening. You know, I mean, everybody was in, it seems, you know, like yesterday, but also like years ago now, but everyone was in, was in upheaval. There were so many massive changes on how Nova Scotians could access help. So that was really important. And that was quite an effort by our team to make sure that our database was reflecting the real help that was available out there. And it's little things, little practical things like the food distribution network changed drastically. So instead of having Nova Scotians necessarily come to the food bank. There are food banks that have moved to a delivery model. You know, that's an important little piece of information. uh, And it was really important for us to build those connections and make sure that we were getting that up-to-date information out to Nova Scotians. Part of our role during COVID was to support government in in getting the right information out uh, and to make sure that we were certainly helping government make sure there was one channel of information that was accurate, that was timely. The internet for many, many people can be an you know, overwhelming and daunting place. There was certainly lots of false information, lots of scary information going around. So as the director of communications, I really saw in the early days in particular of COVID, our responsibility was to make sure we were sharing accurate information um, with our followers. And now over the last, you know, the last couple of weeks, we really have been moving into once again sharing information about services, sharing information about programs, and getting back to that normal, quote-unquote, normal operation of what we do. But it, it has been certainly interesting on a communications front to make sure that, you know, Nova Scotians are getting the right information that they need. And oftentimes, you know, lots of the calls that we took during this time have been about compliance. People just, in, a, in my experience, you know, in, in my reports from the navigators, people want to do the right thing. They're just wondering how they go about and do that, you know. So if you've always driven your elderly neighbor to her doctor's appointments, how do you do that safely in, in these times? And if you can't do that, who can? 
your child may have sensory issues and doesn't want to wear uh, or, or is unable to wear a mask. So what do we do and where do we go? Where are the supports? You know, so a lot of those questions were a real mix. You know, Nova Scotians trying to navigate their way through a very busy time because in one way we are an information service. And so we have a responsibility to share information. Uh, and then on the other hat, we're a referral service. And so we have a responsibility to refer Nova Scotians to where they can get the help they need. Can I call 211 at any time, day and night? It's a 24 7 operation, 365 days a year. And that is a, a pride of the service because, you know, certainly we don't judge or, or begin to assume, you know, when Nova Scotians are going to find themselves in challenges, in challenging times. And also, depending on the challenge, it may take a big brave step to pick up that phone. And if, you know, if that courage hits you at 11 o'clock at night, there should be somebody on the other end of the line. So we pride ourselves on that operational piece. And really, I think Nova Scotians have come to rely on on that, just knowing that, that that's there. Elizabeth and I have learned lots of new information. That was very powerful, Angie. And I thank you so much for joining us and participating in our podcast on 211. It was lovely to meet you. You too. You too. Thank you guys for reaching out. For more resources on this and other community health cast topics, visit our Facebook page, Queen's Community Health Board. For more information about the Community Health Board, you may visit our website, communityhealthboards.ns. Next week on the Community HealthCast, join host Deborah Rattle and me, Elizabeth Bailey, as we talk about harvesting your garden and what to do with all those fruits and vegetables. Tune in to join the conversation.